Welcome back to another episode of season five of the RAG podcast. As you guys know by now, this is the number one podcast across the recruitment sector globally. And we've always been on a mission to help recruitment agencies grow by interviewing founders and telling their stories of success from startup all the way to scale up and exit. Well, this season, we're a little bit different. How do you, as a recruitment leader and founder, maintain your family and friendships whilst being the best person at work? How do you stay physically fit mentally and emotionally? And how do you find time for yourself in the madness? How do you find time for self-interest, for hobbies and self-improvement? Well, to help you with this, I'm going to be interviewing someone every single week that can demonstrate experience in one or more of these areas. So I'm going to talk to recruitment founders and also some experts from outside the industry who can deep dive into things like relationships and health and well-being. So sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy today's show. Hello and welcome back to the RAG podcast with me, Sean Anderson. Uh, I'm live on LinkedIn. It is Wednesday, I think. This week has just been mental. I don't even know what day it is, but I think it's Wednesday. It's quarter to 12. We, we were due to be live tomorrow with a completely different guest, if I'm honest. But um, after the guest, unfortunately, having to pull out due to certain reasons, um, I've I've got a different episode planned and I had to fast track it based on diaries. So um, I am super excited about today's episode. I am joined by James Johnson. I'm rejoined, I should I say, by James Johnson. James is the founder of District 4, one of our sponsors of today's episode. Um, he also was the CEO and helped scale and exit Nickel Curtain, um, a global recruitment organization. And he's also the founder of a business called True Dawn, where he works as an exec coach uh, with, with CEOs and founders of businesses, um, a lot of them being in our sector, recruitment agency owners, um, and helps them not only scale the business, but also protect themselves emotionally, physically, all the things that I'm, I'm so passionate about in this season of the podcast. Okay, so let's get going. Without further ado, let's get James into the session. Uh, James, welcome back to another episode of the Rack Podcast. Thanks, Sean. It's good to be back. No, it, it, and, and look, I, I thank you so much for helping me out as well, Sean. I've wanted to have this episode anyway. I think we talked about it, but... Um, You've really, you've saved my bacon when, uh, you know, I, I really don't want to get into a habit of missing weeks on this show. I want to keep the consistency up. Um, and as a sponsor, I thought we've got to get you on board. So, James, I've just checked Wednesday, February 17th, 2021, nearly a year ago, we had a, we had a conversation. Um, so much has happened I want to get into. Give, for the listeners benefit, if they did or didn't listen to the episode, can you tell us who you are um, and Give us the bird's eye view of, of what District 4 do, because I, I think you'll be able to explain it better than me. Uh, well, I'm not sure, Sean. I think last time this episode, you did a better job explaining it than I did. So uh, <laughs> I'll give it a go. So essentially, we help uh, expert recruiters successfully launch their own business. And then we surround them with peers and we do all the back office for them just, just so they can focus on, on doing what they love. And yeah. that's... And you're right, we, did, we, we last chatted in February and so much has changed since then because our, our whole guiding principle was let's start with what an expert recruiter wants and then just build in response to that. Work and backwards. Yeah, and, and literally it means we're changing things all the time in response to feedback. Like since we spoke, like we've even changed like our brand, we've changed our website, uh, we've changed our sort of percentage structure, like how, so our, our, our business model, yeah. we've changed our... Everything we, we're even changing our, our CRM probably uh, in the next in the next couple of weeks. Uh, again, all in response to what members have said that they they want. Right. So to get it the clearest way possible, it's a it's a it's a, it allows recruiters to own their own business within the umbrella of within the brand of District Four and the the support and the network and everything that goes alongside it. Yeah. So we kind of part partnered them. So it's kind of badged as. X partnering with D4, so it's their own, it's their own, it's their own business. It's fully owned, um, and we're just there to make sure that they can do what they love and provide all do all the stuff that they, most people don't want to do. Is, is District Four the trading name of their brands, or do they create their own name and be supported by District Four? Uh, so all the trading, so the trading is done through District Four. 
Yeah. And then it, the relationship is then with that with their brand. It makes it a lot easier from a client perspective. It makes it easier from doing credit control and doing all the back office. Um, right. But people still set up their own brand. Like if we look, if we look on LinkedIn, our members often have sort of X in partnership with District Four. So right. it's still visible. It's just not from from a client perspective. It just makes life a lot easier. Wow. Okay. So. I remember we, it was relatively it was a relatively embryonic concept. You had a few, you definitely had a few people in the program back in February. Mm. Where are you at right now in terms of how has the business progressed this year? Yeah, it's, it, honestly, it's, it's it's really exciting where we are right now. So we're just in the middle of a fundraising round, which is always fun. Um, we're closing off our sort of next cohort starting January, so we've still actually got one space for one more expert recruiter on that for January. Right. So happy to have a conversation. Um, we have got more members up and running. So, and we're learning each time, like how we can help them be launch more successfully and quicker. And then I suppose the final thing that we're doing is we're about to start looking for a CEO, um, which will be, be quite exciting as well. So we can sort of help us drive to the, to increase our growth even faster. Right. So it's not going to be you. No, I, I don't think I'm the best person to interact on a database. You know my background. I've never been a recruiter. I've, I've grown mm. a recruitment business, and I'm kind of when it comes to designing recruitment businesses and sort of supporting people, I think I'm, I'm okay. Um, but in terms of the day to day, having not been a recruiter, I think someone who's kind of lived and breathed it and, and been on that journey and can like sympathise with with the exact day to day sort of opportunities and challenges of a recruiter is more important and, and, we've, and we've tried people out in that role and it's that's definitely as a certain skill set of yeah. sort of someone who's been there done it a more of a coaching mentality rather than manager mentality but can really help the members on that journey right wow so that i mean is there anything you want to share about that role any more information in case anyone's listening yeah i it's <laughs> probably a good idea um <laughs> so i think the main thing for me it's more about the person than, than the background so when there are certain skills I think are useful, I said like the experience of having been a recruiter, the experience of, 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 of knowing DS I think is useful. But in terms of the exact skill set, I'm open. It's really about a person who like believes in what we're doing, who kind of, as one of our members said, is kind of full of beans, but not full of themselves um, right. and, and really believes in collaboration. Because I think it's a great opportunity for someone to really put their stamp on the role and, and drive us forward. And, there are certain things they'd need to be able to do. Like I think sort of getting involved with the member attraction side, getting involved day to day with the members and supporting them on their journeys. Those are two quite important skill sets. Yeah. But what background that means people come through, I'm open to. So at this stage, it's about having conversations with people to see who clicks, who's excited, who, who we're excited about, who connects with the members. Um, and, and how many members have you got? Uh, so we've got four at the moment. Yeah. Um, and because really the idea behind this last year has been about experimentation. So yeah. it's been about constantly evolving what we're doing. This next year is why we're taking in fundraising is about scaling a bit faster. Not really. And that's why it's now is the right time for us to bring in this role on kind of like a full-time yeah. basis. Yeah. I imagine the person would really have to understand the back office element of a recruitment business. Uh, no, no, they wouldn't, because actually we've got someone in, in place to take care of that. This is this is more sort of front facing. So it's more about kind of their personal brand, their personal credibility. I think mm. someone who's quite charismatic who can kind of sort of a bit like you, Sean. If we, if we, if we could, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm quite what excited. Are what are you doing in January? <laughs> I was like, I, like this I think I could do this job. Um, no, unfortunately, I ain't got a minute to spare. But I, I think it's a it's a great role. Sounds an awesome role. Um, I think where I would struggle, honestly, is is the running of a recruitment company now. You know, I've been out of the game for, I've been out of recruitment since 2017. And whilst I'm in it every day, I'm speaking to, all I do is deal with the industry, the actual nuts and bolts of running a business. I do own or part owner of an investment stake in Connects, our, one of our brands. And um, that keeps me close to it. But it is, it's not the same as being, you know, eight hours a day in, in the recruitment business. It's not quite the same. So, but, I think there's 
there's people out there that would be miles better than me is what I'm saying. <laughs> I think what's interesting about this role is it's not kind of the sort of the traditional kind of recruitment CEO role because the way we do things is so differently. And the, mem the members are customers, they're not employees. So it's kind of like, it's, it's a very different mindset. So That's why the coaching mindset's more important. So this is why I think the background of this person might be some kind of traditional kind of, they might be a team leader or, or a director or sales director in a business. They might be a CEO in a business currently, or they might have gone more of a coaching route, like recruiter than coach. Like mm. I think people come to this from a number of different angles. I just think they need to have been a recruiter at some stage so they can yeah. truly un understand. And so the business building bit we've got taken care of, the sort of the operations bit, it's all in place. It's someone who's really... For the right person, I agree with you. I think it's a really cool opportunity. I think it's awesome. Well, look, I'll um, I'd love to help. You know, obviously, give send me any content over. I'll share it, and uh, you know, anyone who's listening, get in touch with James on that front. Um, so James, one of the things, obviously, this season's all about understanding. It's, you know, I want to hear growth stories, but I also want to, I want to get under the bonnet of how do people stay top of their game mm. like holistically because i think i don't know about you I, i'm I, I don't believe being the richest guy who's you know scaled a company at the expense of all my family and friends i'm lonely i'm fat i'm unhealthy you know i don't that isn't a vision that excites me you know to me it's about having a, having it all really it's about having a growing successful company having great relationships feeling good about myself mentally physically emotionally um I don't know. Is that greedy to want it all? I don't know. But what 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 do you think about? Do you have a similar opinion to that? I'm sure I'm 100 on board with that opinion. Like okay. if I look at the life changes, where I am now to where I was three years ago, and I know you've been on a journey too. But three years ago, I was quite. I was. I, was, I mean, the outside successful business, and it's kind of. But actually, stress in my. I mean, sorry, we'll share. But like me and my uh, wife had sort of. We were struggling to get pregnant. Yeah. Like, there are a number of things where you look at it and go on the outside, it's like, oh, the success is there, but un underneath it, it's, it's quite quite tough. Yeah. Um, and we we together made a number of changes. Like she changed jobs, she went part time, but yeah. but in a really great role. Um, sold sold Nickel Curtain, launched E4, trained as a coach. Like, and all of these changes were designed to get us into a bit more balance. Um, so that we could make that next step. And I really don't think it's a we, we took deliberate choices to get ourselves position where we we're both very stressed and both not achieving what we wanted personally to a stage where we're not stressed and actually we got we got engaged, we got married, we got pregnant, mm. we got a puppy, and now we're sort of now we've got a young wow. baby and it's it's everything that we wanted to achieve we have but i mean if you, if you take a step back you might go oh, why why would you leave a business which is going what is the business that's doing so well and actually you go well actually what is success like and and i i think well, like for me business is personal you can't just have one without the other it's not sustainable so the idea of mm. sustainable success is really important to me and actually i think long term i don't think you necessarily have to make a choice i, th I think it's where i got to like I think there is a path which we all thought we had to follow, which is kind of that work before or else, at expense of all else, work as number one. Mm. And the other option was, oh, well, don't be ambitious, just focus on personal life. And I, and I think there is a third path, which is a, which is a very coaching-y thing to say. But I do think you can have both, providing you structure your life in a way to do it. I, I even had one client the other day who said to me, oh, is, is it weird I want to share with you my personal ambitions because we should just be talking about the business, right? And I was like, no, 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 this is, this is perfect. Like, like, that's exactly like, there's no point designing a business that doesn't meet your personal aspirations. Like, no. So I think, there we go, Ver verbal download. <laughs> no, I get it. I completely, so what for you then, if we go back, when, can you remember where that trigger was where you were like, yeah, this, is, this has got to change? Was there something... Was there a moment or a period where you were like, you and your wife looked at each other and said, "Yeah, this has got this has actually got to change now." I 
May, may maybe after our second miscarriage. Right. Um, yeah, and you just you just you just you. It, it causes inspection anyway, and you look at things mm -hmm. and go, "Is this?" And there are other things as well. But may, if, if there was a moment, like it's a. I'm so always what, a bit wary of like the seduction of a simple narrative, but maybe maybe that what, moment. What was it about that moment though? Like, what impact did the rest of your life have? Or what impact did that moment have on the rest of your life? Because, like, you know, for a lot of people, everyone can empathise or try and empathise with the with that situation. You know, my brother's been through this for many years, and I've not yet, but I can see that struggle. You know, there's so much that goes with it. So emotion, it's so emotionally taxing and draining. But how? Why did that then? Why does that affect the rest of your job and make you change? Make make so many changes, and not just keep trying to have a child whilst doing what you're doing. <laughs> well, I suppose it's a much overused expression, but sort of the it's insanity to keep on doing the same thing again and again and expect a different result. Yeah. Um, and I think when you when you, when you do the reading and you start looking at this stuff, like stress, stress has severe impacts. I mean, it has impacts on your life expectancy, on your day to day health. It has impact. It does impact in terms of pregnancy um, on both sides. It affects your fertility as a man. It affects sort of the success of pregnancy. Like it's it's a real thing mm. and i think when you start this journey of like looking around I, I was i also sort of we did some training with dr steve peter professor steve peters around sort of chip management probably into the business and you just start looking at mindfulness and the impact of that and just once once you start looking at this stuff it becomes more and more compelling that there is a different way of doing things and, and this is a whole aspect that you need to consider i mean i i got into it because i was thinking like elite sports people, how do they get their edge? And what I came away from it was actually, how do you become a, a more rounded human being? So I saw, I came into it from a very work perspective, and I think I came out of it with wow. with different benefits, still work benefits. I just want to mention our sponsors for today, Volcanic. Everyone seems to know Volcanic. You know that the, you know over eighteen hundred websites around the world. They are a massive global um, recruitment website provider that you know if you're not if you're ever thinking about building a website and you've not looked at volcanic in us as a recruitment agency i think you're missing a trick but i want to mention a couple of notable um highlights that have just come out recently so volcanic let me know that they're absolutely delighted to see over 14 of their clients receive nominations across 13 categories for the national online recruitment awards the noras and they wanted to especially shout out um their client camino partners for winning the best new recruitment website so you know not only are they building great technology that can help you scale, but they're also being um, rewarded for it. Their clients are winning awards, which is amazing. Um, they've also published a case study from leading recruitment agency Aspire, um, where they've reported cutting the website costs in half since switching to Volcanic and delivering a staggering three websites in just three months. Um, you can check that out at www.weareaspire.com. And finally, let's not forget the free MOT they're offering rag listeners. So if you want an expert uh, team to look over your website and let you know um, whether or not it's fit for purpose in 2022, then please go to www.volcanic.com forward slash Hoxo. So what was your life like at that point? Were you working long hours? You were like, you had limited time. Like what was you, at that point before leading up mm. to that moment? How would you describe what your life looked like? Well, <laughs> pretty good. Like, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying at that stage. Like, I was, I was deeply miserable. Yeah. I was just aware that they're like so. Neil Curtin at the time had business has had operations in five different countries, which meant I was away from home quite a bit. Yeah. Um, it meant that I could quite easily work. You know, I wasn't in the office. I'd be leaving home at let's say seven. I'd be getting back at seven, but I could quite easily be doing work in the evenings or weekends just because of different time zones. Mm -hmm. um, Marcella at the time was working six days a week. Um, she, she loves what she does as well. She's an amazing dentist. Um, and you just look at it and go, we're just so pro we're doing what we're programmed to do and what we think we should be doing. And actually in some ways, COVID was, a, was another trigger point. And just, I just think it was just a forced moment to go, to, to take, take a moment, like you were forced just to step out from what you were doing and you put your head up out of the business, out of your life, and just go, 
what what's next like what what is what is the next part of life and what's important how, how are we going to get there and i think that was quite an unusual it's a tough time but it was it was quite an unusual gift i think to the world in terms of just to really take stock of so many things we're doing individually and globally which actually when you take a step back don't really make much sense like mm-hmm. a small example business travel like i mean i'm sure sure you've done it like I've, I've flown to a whole different country for one meeting before which actually environmentally time-wise personal impact makes no sense at all when you can quite easily do it by zoom but it was yeah. a thing that you did or yeah. like, that 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 is a small example of things that i think everyone does or did yeah. Yeah. but actually during covid you're kind of like why <laughs> we're not doing that anymore yeah, 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 yeah. And, and let's say when you take a step back and go okay how, how do i want to design my life if i'm going to be a parent that suddenly looks very different. Like the idea, the idea to me now of actually like, let's say having two weeks paternity leave and then wandering back into the office and leaving my wife by herself at home just feels madness. And I know people have to do it. That's that's not a judgment on someone else. I just, having lived it, I just, I'm so glad that I made the changes that I did because I I can live the life that I want and I can be the partner that I want to be. And I think I could hope. If you could, if you could bullet point or summarize then the vision you had at that moment when you made, you said you were going to make changes. What was it? What was the vision? And and what were the what were those important elements to you? I think one was changing my priority. Right. So it was suddenly making my my this this idea of my future family my number one priority. So it always been very much work first, everything else somewhere like <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't even say two it's kind of like three or four I didn't really have a two it was all it was all work yeah. um but suddenly it's like this concept of a future family and what it would take to make it reality that became the, the guiding principle and what that looked like so that meant like more flexibility it meant more time at home it meant more control over my working hours it meant sort of even changing who I worked with on on, on a day-to-day basis um and surrounding myself with people that were kind of, I'm quite even like you are who you you are who you're around. Mm. Um, people who 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 want to achieve similar things and on similar similar journeys. So, I really think that 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 clar- you see it in coaching as well. Just really clarifying your objective, like your future way trying to get to. So many of the other decisions just subconsciously drop out, and and there were things practically that we did, like we. This is going to sound quite sort of silly, but we we basically we have on our whiteboard in our kitchen we have like a list of goals for the year, and then we just tick them off as we do them. It's actually very satisfying. It's not, it's not a yeah, long, yeah, yeah. and that's um, you and your partner as opposed to yeah. just being at work. Yeah. So 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 I I think having those conversations, like having those conversations together, rather than going, okay, this is my business objective. Here's my family, and I'll take care of my family because my business objective is going. Okay, well, this is my family number one. What does that mean? My my business life and my whole life needs to look like, and then together we'll talk about what our mutual wow. objectives are and how that how that fits you together. You know what? That is incredible because I've been thinking this for weeks, right? And I say it all. I've, I've mentioned it on every episode of this season, right? I think to run a business successfully, you need to have really strong, really strong structure. You need you need goals, objectives. You need you need processes. You need communication strategies. You need meetings. You need to be open. You need to be vulnerable. You need to argue and fight and get stressed or whatever. But you you're in it together to get to a goal, right? Um, like we have such specific processes around building teams, communicating strategies. And then I ask some of the most decorated founders in the industry. I'm asking them, what do you have then outside of work? Like, what's your communication strategy with your wife or your husband? What's your plan? to engage your children? What's your plan around your own mental health or physical health? And I'll be honest, I'm yet to see many who have anywhere near the level of detail outside of work as they do inside of work. Now, some of these guys, don't get me wrong, appear to be very happy, very successful. And again, I'm not judging them. Um, but I do believe behind the scenes, a lot of people hide behind the business and there's shit going on that they, they're not, that they're ignoring. And, like, you know, I've come, th- I've talked to you about it. I've come through a divorce in the last couple of years. I'm now in a relationship. Um, my life's ridiculously different. And the way I approach this relationship is ridiculously different. 
Now, I think I was pretty wired into my old, my, my, my original relationship. I was actually, I used to say all the time, I don't want my business to affect it. Um, but what I didn't realize is just, just being, just willing, willingly trying to be a good partner is not going to solve problems if you don't talk about them. You know, we probably did two years of not addressing some of the biggest problems in our relationship, which led to the end of the relationship. And if you said to me now, Hoxo's got an, a massive issue that you're not addressing every week, you're ignoring it. And you're like, no, like we, 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 we're going to talk about it. You know, it's part of our DNA. Like we've got to get it out there. And it's like, and so you now, you know, you've been through it. You work with founders a lot, businesses in recruitment. Would you agree that this is a common challenge that people don't invest anywhere near as much of the effort and structure that they put into their businesses outside? 100%. 100%. And I, I don't think it's just a recruitment thing. I think it's a no. CEO founder thing generally, because I think we feel guilty about investing in, in ourselves. It's kind of like, yeah. we should invest in the business. We should invest in the people. Like there's almost like this kind of like hardcore mentality of we'll get through this regardless. Mm. Um, it's why so many CEOs do. And I put myself in this thing, like do ridiculous things like Iron Man, just because it's, yeah. it's kind of all that same mindset. of let's prove how tough it's like, that's, in retrospect, it looks, it's kind of, I mean, some people do it for the right reasons, but I think some people do it for the wrong reasons. I've put myself in, in that category as well. It's just mm. like, what's the next challenge? How much can we brutalize ourselves? Yeah. And I, who are we doing it for though? Who's it for often? Is it for ourselves? Is it for the rest of the world? Is it for a validation? Why so, are we doing these things? I think everyone is different on, on why they do it. Hmm. But I think I think it's I can, I can tell you so about five years ago I, jo I joined a CEO group and there was ten of us and we all joined and we all had to give ourselves scores on sort of different things like people centricity caring about your customer etc. Everyone would give themselves like eight or nine out of ten it's kind of like great and then looking after yourself everyone scored less three or less wow. and. And actually, I think the first step is just giving yourself, A, realizing that, that everyone's doing it, and then giving yourself permission to do something about it because we just do not want to invest in ourselves. We feel guilty about investing in ourselves. Like <laughs> my wife, I the other day, like we just invest in training for our puppy at an amount that we would both have thought twice about, about investing in ourselves. But because it's someone that we love and it's not ourselves, like, of course, of course, I mean, like, why wouldn't we help his behavior? Why wouldn't we yeah. look up? Why wouldn't we want to the most happy, fulfilled version of ourselves we can? Yeah. But you wouldn't do that for yourself. And I think that giving yourself, A, realizing it, one, as with most problems, like realization is the first step, mm. and then giving yourself permission and surrounding yourself with people who support you on that journey in terms of giving yourself permission and making changes, I think is the, is the critical step. 100%. I mean, I... I couldn't agree more. I mean, I told you uh, when I when I started working with Dr. Ari, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago, you know, I was in a real dark point and I was I was very vocal online. I was podcasting. I was my academy had just started booming. My business was growing. You know, I have this relentless attitude towards personal content and putting things out there. Um, but behind the scenes, I was I wasn't confident. You know, I was actually I remember in September August, between July and September last year, I was waking up every morning, not wanting to work every mm -hmm. day. And the reason was I was, I was out of a marriage that had ended abruptly and, and in a really, a, uh, not a good way. And I was, I was trying to process it. And the only time I had was outside of work. Right. And I used to wake up at half five, six every morning. I was living at my brother's house originally in old, in old Edge in Cheshire, beautiful little village. And I'd take my dog Henry out and I'd go for a walk between six and seven because um, my academies were between seven and eight, depending on the Australian audience. So sometimes I'd have till eight, sometimes I'd have till 7 a.m. before I had to get on the phone and the video. But I would start this walk, and by the end of it, I was dreading the end of the walk because I was listening to like a relationship podcast. I'd, I'd listen to stuff that's non work related or just music. And it was my way of processing mm. what, what had gone on. But I, for the first time in my in my time at Hoxo, I was genuinely like, I'm not ready to work. I'm not I'm not able, or I didn't I didn't want to, I didn't want to just flip into work mode. And I I did it, and it got I got through it. But then when I started working with Aria, I realized like 
you know, I had to give myself, I had to give myself more than 45 minutes in, uh, between six and eight, seven. It wasn't enough time. I had to give my, like, and I've been giving 90 minutes a week with him every week, one off, plus all the other things I've changed. Like, I go to the gym each lunch, I do all these different things. Um, and I, I don't think I'd have got through it without the help. I don't think I would have. And then he's, you know, it's pushed me to surround myself with different people and think different. What what would you say is like a classic scenario that you normally step into when you're when you're working with a customer on the true dorm? Mm. What do they look like when you normally get involved? Uh, so it's normally in response to something. So I think very people go, so proactively go, I think this could be an issue. Uh, let's do something about it. It's yeah. actually normally something's gone wrong, not normally business-wise, but sometimes personally. But often yeah. the, business, the business impact is, off, is often personal as well. But people often take longer to talk about the personal because it's much easier, as you said, to talk about it in like business terms and this isn't working. Yeah. Um, yeah. The journey is you're, you're, you eventually had to bring in the person as well, and that's where the real power comes in. But yeah. I would say, so let's say, I don't know, some might have lost a big client, which is suddenly putting putting some pressure on their on their PL. Or it might be they're scaling really fast and feeling like they're slightly out of control. Yeah. Um, so it can be like sort of a threat of failure or threat of success. They're both mm. they're both quite high stress. Um, yeah. often that will lead to some personal anxiety around am I am I can I deal with this? And I think it's also important to say at the moment, like I, I think leaders are always feel isolated because you're always the one that's provide the battery for a business and everyone's relying on you and you very there's often very there's often no one you can talk to truly openly about what you're going through mm. um but i think particularly in the last two years with covid has put the pressure on leaders in a way that just we haven't seen before in terms of business change the speed of business change is immense you've got you've been a lot even more isolated but been a lot more working from home which we both know, like even if you're self-motivated and you're driven, like if you're entirely working at home and you're feeling isolated, that is not a great that is not a great place to be. That definitely no. has an impact. And also there's been such a high degree of uncertainty, which is very draining, either you realize it or not. Actually, people's resilience has been drained away by this at a time when everyone's team is looking to them for answers. Yeah. And there are no, and there are no definitive answers to give. We'd love to be the person who goes, tell you what, years time, all gonna be sorted. Up until that point, we're going to do this, but but as a leader, you're constantly responding to it as well. So you've got high uncertainty, highly isolated, high high change, all of which impact that people's need for support. So I I think if people can get ahead of it and go, it's okay to want support. It's okay to like it's actually beneficial. Like if if you really want to be looking after your people, you want to be looking after yourself because if you explode. Who's going to be looking after your team? I mean, that, yeah. that's one way of justifying it to yourself. I, I would yeah. say, like, Ron James spends a million pounds a year looking after himself. Mm. Professional athletes do a really good job now of looking after themselves physically and mentally. What, as, as, as leaders and founders, I really think this is what the next 10 years is going to be looking like. People making, as everything, business follows sport on these things. Mm. I think in 10 years' time, and you see this in the States already, People are going. You don't have a coach, or you don't have a support network, or like it's going to be it's going to be more weird not to because this idea of kind of like the lone wolf founder charging ahead, it's dangerous. Even if you look at football, you know when we when I was a kid, and you listen to the stories of the Man Uniteds and Liverpools, and you know for alcohol and the drinking culture, was, you know the drinking the class of '92 talk about the early days at Man United and the, the drinking culture there, you know would happily go and have six, seven pints after a game. And, you know, they drink midweek Arsenal with the, uh, you know, Ray Parler, Tony Adams era. And now look at the the professionalism in the game, you know, Ronaldo being 38 soon and still being in the top of his game. I mean, the impact is incredible. The performances are better. The, the longevity of their careers are longer. Um, it's, it's dramatically changed. And, and like you say, business has always been, especially let's just focus on recruitment for a bit. It's always been an industry, work hard, play hard, work your balls off, work till you drop, go out and get smashed with the team, take them on a boozy lunch. You know, that's it. It's work hard, spend loads of money drinking, 
doing whatever you want to do feel like shit but make sure you're in the office by eight o'clock in the morning because if you're not you know sleep under your desk but as long as you're there in the morning it's fucking nuts if you think about it um and that and if founders believe that then their teams are going to believe that and um it's just a self-fulfilling prophecy right but now if we, if we you know i believe if founders can invest more in themselves can feel better about themselves and their lives and encourage their teams to then you know it can only be better for the industry long term 100% I, I think my one of my proudest moments as a coach has been was actually last week when one of my mm. clients said to me this is the first time i've been happy in 4 years wow what without going into detail and and you know obviously confidentiality what, talk us through just some hypothetical scenario or sorry some um some scenarios that you've done with that person and why they why they've come to that conclusion so firstly it's about really clarifying what you're trying to achieve I, th I think when you're stuck when you're stuck in a business it's kind of like i could be doing all these things i should do all of them and actually it's really hard to take that step out from it and go okay what am i really trying to achieve so mm. step one have just 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 make space for themselves and the business then it's looking really looking at that goal and going okay what is that goal in terms of business and personal and bringing the personal into it so going okay what what does this business look like ideally in five years time what does my life look like in five years time and do the do those two things mesh together yeah it's then supporting people on that journey because once once people are sort of clear on their goal that's actually very energizing so they sort of they, they start moving faster and once they then start seeing the results in this example his business went from sort of struggling a little bit into being really successful. Like, so the, 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 there was a definite swing in performance, but it was even, I'd say it's been a million pound profit swing in, in performance over, over a 12 month period. But actually it was more than that. It was actually lots of the stuff that he was doing wasn't making him happy within the business. So the business was doing stuff that he wasn't proud of, not, not as proud for the wrong word. It was doing stuff that he wasn't enjoying because it was doing stuff for clients that didn't probably necessarily value what he was doing all the time. Mm. But also it meant he was getting pulled into sort of uh, jobs that he probably wasn't, didn't, didn't play to his strengths. Yeah. And so, and often as a founder, you feel that you should sweep up and do the bits that other people don't want to do. And so you're in a position where you're running a business and doing quite what you want it to do. You're doing tasks that aren't the ones you quite want to do. And you feel that's the thing you should do because that's what it, that's what a good a good leader does. And actually taking a step back and going, okay, what I really want is the business to look like this, for my life to look like this, and that means I'm going to do these bits. And I these other bits I'm either not going to do, I'm going to find someone else to do them. Actually, means you're 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 really driving down this third path of successful business and successful personal because you set out to achieve it deliberately. You have, you know, as you say, like you're not just assuming that business works, therefore your personal life will work. Like, no. let me take a step back from it. It's kind of a mental assumption, but it's one we all, we all do. Especially, I, I'm going to put a massive, massive gender sweep on this. This idea of guys going, I'll sort business, I'll sort my work life first, and then I'll worry about my personal life. Yeah, was definitely something I thought. So, as for me, it was a thing. Um, but that's kind of mad. So I think, I mean, look, I can literally empathize so much with, with everything you've just said from my own experience this year. Like my job changed a lot. I remember my business partner, he saw a lot of this before me. Like he was like, I don't think like going into the start of 2021, I was running the agency and the academy. So I'm the face of the academy. I'm running all the sessions, you know, at the beginning of the year or late last year, I was running like eight, nine hours a week. Then we changed the model. So it was slightly less intensive, but I could cater for more people, which is great. But I'm then driving the marketing and the sales of that as well. Plus I'm, you know, looking after the agency and it was just too much. So we, he said, look, I think you should do this step aside. I'll do that. And then I took Academy, he took agency and it's, it's been a, it's been a great move. I mean, there's, there's challenges and things we now need to check. We, in, in fact, we probably need to bring it, back a bit closer now we've worked out that things have pulled too far away but it's been a dramatic for me it was a huge change and it was a huge benefit to change and it felt a bit of a failure when he first told me because he said like you know step aside and i'm like does that mean i'm not good enough 
but it took me a bit of time to go actually maybe that's I've done a really I've done a good job to the point where they don't need me as much as they did you know and there's positives in it um and then I read this book called um essentialism I don't know if you've ever read it. It's a cool um, book. It's a really cool book. And it's um, a guy called Greg something. And he talks about like, you're better off being really good at one thing than being average at 10. Like, and he, he's like, you, you know, you're looking at traveling a distance. If you, if you travel in 10 directions, you're not going to travel as far as if you just travel in one. Um, and he said, the people that really succeed just stick to, they stay in one lane or they stay as close to one lane as possible. And, um, can be really hard when your business, especially in recruitment, a lot of our clients, you, my clients, your clients, they, they are spread across different sectors, different industries, different contracts and perm. And they've got, you know, um, embedded models. They've got contingent models. They've got retained teams. Again, is it realistic that you can work with someone and they can, have you ever seen anyone like turn things off, for example, or change things quite quickly based on the advice you give them or the coaching you give them? Not advice because it's not advice. It's, do you see them have like aha moments and make quite bold decisions to then get to where they want to be? Yeah, 100%. Like I've, I've had clients turn off an entire business line. Maybe their original business line. Yeah. Because, and I, and I think this is one of the main things that I work on is like, I think if you look forward, you get stuck in what's next. It's like, I could do this, 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 or this, which means you often end up trying to do everything. Mm. I really think if you start with the end in mind and then work backwards, so many decisions just fall out. And I think this is where coaching comes in, is just asking that question and going, with that, with that, because you care about your client, but you've got some experience to sort of ask some harder questions. It's kind of going, does this meet your objective? Like, or you can spot things go, does this, does this make sense? Like in terms of what you're trying to achieve, like might be this business line was what you started off doing, but actually it's taking 80% of your time and delivering maybe 80% of your turnover, but it might be delivering 5% of your profit, in which case, yeah. why are you doing it? Or yeah. you, you keep, I, I, I've heard you say like for a couple of months now, this bit stressing you out, either can, either can you change how you're dealing with it or is there a way of just not doing it at all and listen um, but the, i guess having been in that position you, you know you might have 80 percent turnover 20 percent or 10 percent profit or whatever in that but you're like still making 10 percent profit it's still it's still generating like you know and then i think as a founder of a business it's hard to think well why would you turn off something that's already established it's got problems but it is still churning out, I don't know, a couple of hundred grand a year profit or whatever it's doing. God knows how big some of the clients are. But hmm. you find that is a, how do people get to a conclusion? Do they struggle with that? And how do they get around it? I think different different people are different. In my experience, hmm. when the when the realization hits, it hits. And actually, I think, I think generally founders are quite decisive yeah. in my experience, like, there is a certain mindset which leads you to become a founder, which means you're normally quite sort of gut feel, like to make quick decisions. And I think once that clarity hits and you're, and you're clear that it's towards your bigger goal, it actually can be quite quick. Like one client recently, literally, it was a question for me around this, this business area. By the time we spoke the next time, he was like, I was going to check in with you, but I decided I didn't need to, but I've, I've, I've shut it down. I was like, that's, that's, but it's, that's proved to be totally the right decision for, for him. So I think that I do think it's quite quick, provide, providing you've taken people on the right journey and the trust is there. And it's also because ultimately it's not, it's not as a coach, it's not your decision. Like you're not there to go, I think you should do this. You're just there to ask questions. I really think coaching is about having the right questions, not about having the right answers. And that's the big difference between mentoring and coaching. Mentoring is kind of like, oh, this is my game plan. I'm a hero. Do what I did. And coaching's like, you're a hero. You're great. Here's some questions around what you're doing and how can we clarify where you're trying to get to. Um, Do you think founders need both? Do they need someone who's trodden the path before? Because, again, I, I know I've got both right now. And they both serve very different like and actually they can very quite they can conflict in terms of the advice i get like mm. one minute the mentor tends to make me want to 
build a business of a thousand people and the, the the coach probably taps into my inner desires and thinks about you know maybe like you said turning things off changing things and i think the balance is quite good but what do you think can you do you need both i think it depends on 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 where you are because I, I actually th throw a third person into the mix like I think sometimes people do need like sort of a therapist or a, a, a counselor at, at the same time because a co coaching is very forward looking. Mm. Therapy is very backward looking, but sometimes you uncover things in coaching, which actually you aren't like as a coach, you are not, you're explicitly not meant to go into. Like if someone pulls up some serious stuff from the past, as a coach, you are not equipped to deal with that. So that should be dealt with someone therapist. So I, I found with some clients that is quite a useful balance mm. in terms of the mentor. I was always, I mean, I'm slightly biased on this. I was always very resistant to the idea of a mentor just because I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> and I'm very, and I, that is definitely a personal flaw is that I'm, I'm tend to be quite bad at receiving advice. So for me, a coach is someone who's, who's there for you and by your side and, and like challenges your ideas, but can throw in stuff. So I think a coach with, rele with relevant experience, I think is really helpful because you can bring some experience, but just offer it. A pure mentor, I think, I wouldn't have resonated with, just purely because from a personal perspective, I wouldn't have been good enough for taking the advice. But I do think, let's say you're doing something that you've never done before, and you don't have any anyone in your circle who can give you experience. If, if you are of a personality type, and congratulations to you for being for being much more willing to listen than I am, but I think that if you're of, of that personality type, it's much quicker to shortcut some of those learnings. Because if you're moving yeah. into a new sector, it's going to take you a year to make those mistakes. If you can shortcut it, yeah. why <laughs> why make them? So I think you I think there's a role for all three. And some people can sometimes play more than one role. Yeah. Definitely needs to be an experience. Uh, someone who's got the emotional intelligence to know where they at which moment they need to be which person you know if you i find that you you know if you look at a recruitment business it's usually built on people that have done the job who train people to do the job and they train people to do the job so it is a mentorship model you know everyone's telling you this is how to do it this is how i did it this is how it works you know and now this concept of coaching is probably better for the more senior end of the business right that you know mentorship at the junior level coaching at the senior level um, but it's knowing when to turn one off and turn one on. And, you know, there might, someone might need coaching in one area, but actually in another area, they're brand new and you can mentor them and show them what to do. It could be a bit more, not dictatorial, but, you know, you can give them a roadmap to follow. Yeah. Like my, my, my academy program, for example, is very much a mentor. It's more of a mentoring program because I'm telling people what to do. I'm not asking them. I'm not, I'm not asking them to come up with, I'm giving them a roadmap to follow within that. They've got to add their own. They've got to apply their own knowledge. I'm not telling. I don't give them any content to write. I don't post anything for them. I give them my a methodology that I know works based on my experience and two and a half thousand people that are, that are doing it and saying it works. But yeah, it's different than a coach. It is different. Yeah. But I could, but I think that's that's a really great example. So let's say in that exact example, you've got someone who's got limited knowledge and someone who's got a lot of knowledge. And that really is like a rather, let's not struggle. Let's not coach you up to like 80%. Let's take you from zero to 80% quickly. Mm -hmm. And then we can do some clever stuff around the top. top. Yeah. But I think when I look at people who I coach, they're often, I mean, they're often better at recruitment than me. Like yeah. they've, they've, they've got like more innovative ideas. They've got like, I, I can share with them business structure. And I, but it's the challenge around, okay, how do you, how, how do you create the very best version of your plan rather than execute the very best version of my plan? And I think that is where coaching comes. And it's a whole different skill set in terms of like, you, I think you can be a coach without coaching training, but that leaves you just very much like a sort of professional kind of, here's your business plan, here's your structure, here's whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think where true coach, how true coaching comes in is when you've learned about how to do sort of perspectives model and you're looking at sort of like, the drama triangle and, you, and you're learning these other tools which really enable you to focus on the person as well because going back to the whole original point is if you really want sustainable long-term success 
the two need to be interlinked. And mm -hmm. to interlink them, you need someone who can help you with both, in my view. So yeah. someone who's got the business experience to give you the structural stuff and give you the challenge in the business, but also someone who's trained and equipped to look at the personal side in a structured manner, not just how are you feeling today and repeating back the question. There's a, there's a lot more to it. So I think right. the combo is really important. Yeah, I like that. So when it comes to that bit outside of work then, what, what again, we're going a bit stereotypical here, but what do you commonly see from, from a recruitment owner who, when they start with you and they, it's all about the business, how quick does it get to the point where you chip into what, what, what's, what's going on outside of work, physically, mentally, emotionally, relationships, the whole piece? It really, it does really depend on the client because some people really come in like this is this is purely work, it's purely work. I don't talk about personal. In which case, it might take, I don't know, might take six months if if, yeah. if, if, that, if that's as long as they want to take, or it might be someone's coming into it and going, I'm feeling super overwhelmed. I've got this, I've got this issue. I'd say that the more the the more the reason is a threat issue rather than a success issue, the quicker the personal bit comes up. So if it's kind of like a, a, a sort of a business threatening reason, which is triggering the coaching, mm -hmm. I would say the personal impact comes out a lot quicker. If it's kind of a business success thing around how do I cope with scaling? How do I do this? I'm, I think it, it, it can take longer, maybe like wow. three, four months. But what I would try and get my clients to is just putting together that bigger picture would start even at that stage start asking elements around the personal in terms of when you're visualizing what your life what you want your life to look like what what is that and people may then just start with like oh i want to have five million revenue i want to have sort of 100 people i want to be in five countries i want to have this but i would ask questions around okay well who, who's that who's with you in that moment like what what's your personal life look like what does success look like like and maybe they're not ready to explore some of those areas fully, but I think even getting those out at the early stage and that kind of that future vision is really important. I, I had I had a another client who I did an exercise with, and then the following following session was like, he's like, I had this I had this meeting, and literally all I could think of was this 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 kind of this visualization of what you're doing. I was just going, God damn, James, I can't believe it. like. All I could think of was visually like me in this house with like my family and like that was that was like affecting my <laughs> my decision making, but in a in a positive way. So I think it's really powerful. And do you find that there's common themes like in terms of they're under invested in their family, they're under invested in their health? Is that is it common that they're un, is there things you see quite quite regularly from our, from recruitment or owner audiences? I think there's a quality time element in terms of I think we I think we we have this logical fallacy of time is equal. It's kind of like I, I can and I think that if you can not all time is equal, like if you can give quality time to your family and you give quality time to your business, which takes a lot of discipline to do, actually you can achieve a lot more and be a lot happier. So I think people, one thing I would say is people are often overspending time on business but a lot of that time is, is can be junk time um and there's definitely a diminishing return around once you start spending x amount of time the business isn't really benefiting but your personal life is really suffering mm. um, i think people not investing in themselves from sort of a, a coaching support having the right network doing the things you talked about in terms of personal care like going to gym sort of looking at their lifestyle and it's sometimes quite hard to get into that without sounding a bit preachy it's kind of like yeah, 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 you know, yeah. I, I don't care how many people drink but logically if you're absolutely killing yourself with with alcohol or drinking a lot that is going to affect your performance and you, you say you're kind of you're back in the Paul Merson era Arsenal, Arsenal yeah. in the 80s um so there are definitely I say isolation imbalance of time over prioritization of work lack of clarity around what their actual work slash personal goal is and maybe just completely ignoring the personal side leading to just an overall sense of something isn't quite right or i'm not going to hit my business goal like i've got this quite ambitious business goal 
but there's a something inside that I'm not going to hit it, which can lead to a sense of frustration, lack of motivation, mm. stress, all of these things. Do you find that people, again, more commonly on, on the average, is is people's personal life part of that vision until you mention it? Like, do they come with a business vision and then it's like, oh shit, well, oh yeah, let's now think about the rest. Or do they come thinking, well, I know I want to be here, I want to live here, I want my kids here, I want that there. Do, where What's the balance like? I'd say 95% it's all business. Mm. And is that, again, is that because they don't feel comfortable with you or they just haven't actually put it together holistically? Uh, I would say ev evidence, I'd say it's because they haven't done it. It's just, it's just not something, as you said, like it's we're almost like the things we are, we get, we do at work, we don't do in our personal lives. Like if we're super organized, we tend, I'm the same, like I'd be super organized at work. I hate organizing stuff in my personal life. Mm. Right? I'm happy to do anything anyone wants me to do. Just don't let me organize it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit like that. Too, <laughs> but, and, and I think the same with personal, it's like we spend, we, are so, we, we kind of have this assumption that we fix business and the personal stuff will follow. Like, we get our income to a certain stage. We can then look after our family. We can get to a certain level of success. We can sell the business. We can then focus on our, on our personal goals. Like it feels like we spend all of our time looking after our people in our business, none of our time on ourselves because that's selfish or wrong or impact. Mm. Like these are some pretty inbuilt assumptions that we've seen other people live. Like we, all of our narratives around kind of those sort of hard charging entrepreneurs who kind of work crazy hours, like in early, out late, like in the part, like our industry narratives celebrate a certain profile without really looking at the cost of that. Mm. Um, and I think this is why like, I think the series that you're doing is so so valuable. I think the more people hear that there's another way yeah. and actually it is possible, hopefully we can change that narrative because then, then we'll be setting the right so for example of the next generation, the next generation come through and we go, well, of course, I mean, why wouldn't you it's kind of obvious, right? You, you look at your business and your personal goals, you make sure they work together, Not so. and you'll be happy. I mean, that sounds non... <laughs> no, it does. But even I have moments where I'm, I'm recording, and I'm listening to one of my guests, and I'm like, fuck me, their story's so compelling, they're growing, I'm, I'm almost jealous, the ego kicks in, I'm like, wow, I wish, you know, I wish I could grow to that. And then, but then I look back and I think, actually, what do I want? And, I, and I'm doing the things you're talking about in my personal life. I've got a vision. I know where I want to be. And then it's it's grounding myself back to what's important for me because I could slog myself to an extra level and I could probably churn out a bigger business, but at what cost? And um, I think it's, you know, I'm really, I'm not here to tell anyone, I'm sure you're not, like what's right or wrong. I just want people to be aware and make them aware that, there is also more to life than just running your business and being a business owner. This, and actually, it's, it's it'll be more fulfilling if other things are fulfilling. It can't, it doesn't. It's they're not. You know, you can't have one without the other. I don't think. I I, I think if I had one thought on this, it's just that make a conscious choice. It's like make a mindful decision. Like you can choose. You can choose whatever balance you want. You could say like. So that I'm gonna I'm gonna go 100% work, 0% personal. Mm. That is a choice I want to make. I just think it's just take a moment, get support, and go. What what is the choice I want to make? Like make an active choice around what you want, and then drive from there. Rather than make a sub, either think you don't have a choice, or it has to be 100% work and then family. Amazing, James. We run out of time, but. If anyone wants to reach out to you, um, have you got capacity to work with new people? Like, do you, are you able to to work with new customers? If anyone's listening, yeah. Well, so my 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 baby is now coming up to three months, so actually, uh, childcare is becoming a bit easier. So yeah, I'm I'm beginning to have a bit more time again. Wicked. All right. Well, look, I hope people reach out to you, mate. I think you're uh, you know what you're doing is incredible, um, both from a district four perspective, the CEO role, and also from a coaching perspective. They all, you know. I think it all ties in. It all ties in. I know the vision for, for District 4 is to produce a business that caters for what people want, not just what you want. The reason you're giving that partnership is that they are in control of their destiny rather than working for you and being told this is where we're going. So I do get it. Um, thank you again. Not, you know, I knew we were, we were going to have this chat. Timing-wise, you you know, I think it's been a, it's actually been perfect to, to drop in when it, when it has. Um, I'll... Um, 
I'll make sure that everything's tagged on all of the content that goes out so that people can reach out to you. And is LinkedIn the best place? Is that an ideal spot or is it email is better for you? Um, yeah, uh, LinkedIn or just drop me an email at uh, james at district4.io. Wicked. James at district4.io. All right. Um, James, as always, um, an absolute pleasure. Um, and we'll catch up with you. Well, let's get you booked in again in less, maybe about 10, 8, 10 11 months time again. Let's see where you are there. Awesome. Look forward to it, Sean. Thank you, as always, for listening to today's show. I truly, truly hope that you got value from it. That's the only reason I take time every week is to ensure that my audience, future and existing recruitment owners are learning from each other to make this industry that I love so much stronger. Today's episode was brought to you by Hoxo Media. I am the CEO and founder of Hoxo Media, and we are the world's leading content marketing and personal branding agency for recruitment businesses specifically. So we are working with over 200 agencies and 2,000 recruiters right now, both managing the brands, producing content, building written video podcast content for niche recruitment agencies all over the world, as well as coaching at a desk level individual recruiters in your businesses how to be better on LinkedIn. That's how to brand themselves. That's how to produce content. That's how to use the opportunity on LinkedIn to get traffic to their profiles and turn that into business. We're coaching people all over the world every single day. If any of that sounds of interest, please do visit www.hoxomedia.com or drop me, Sean Anderson, a personal message on LinkedIn. I would love to talk to you. Tune in again next week. That's live on LinkedIn at 12 p.m. on Thursday, or you can catch the show on the following Monday from 6 a.m. on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'll see you soon.